We ready to go? Mm-hmm. Where will go? Can I get something to drink or something? All right. Oh, there's Wade. Okay. I know Will's coming too, but what time is it? Oh, we got to get going here. All right, we are. Welcome to Modonivri, by the way. Good to see all you guys. I was here at lecture at lunch yesterday. It's big void, man, just me. And then Jim Belts comes in. So Jim hears the end of it, and he starts asking me questions about the text. I go, well, it's not supposed to ask questions about it. But then I had to leave him, so it's just me and him. Uh, I'm glad you guys are all here. We are in Habakkuk, chapter 2. And we basically went through uh, verse 6. Notice that that, uh, I had kind of indicated to you that there is a number of hoys, and in your Hebrew text you can see those uh, second line of verse 6, verse 9, verse 12 and following. Uh, which kind of help us make our way through the text. So there's a series of hoy oracles or uh, sayings, what, however you want to call them. Um, so notice the one that we are in now started the second half of verse 6 with a hoy hamarbeh, woe to the one who multiplies low, low, stuff that's not his. Okay, Ad matai, how long? U makbid, and the one who... Um, accumulates or puts on burdens upon himself of teeth is the word for debt. It's, uh, again, a really rare word. All right, so that's kind of the, the notice that each of these hoys is going to describe uh, a person or a class of people in a certain way. So this first one is one that uh, takes stuff that's not his. See, he multiplies it for himself. He accumulates debt. See, he takes other people's stuff, so he really owes them something, and that's what it's playing off of now. Um, as we go to verse 7, which is the reversal of the guy's fortunes, as you see. <clears throat> Notice it's a, series, it's a rhetorical question that follows the hoy. So verse 7, Halopeta yakumu noshkeka ve'yiktu me'za'a ve'hayita limeshisot lamo. Hello. Um, will not peta is an adverb. Suddenly, will not suddenly yakumu they um, stand up or arise. Here's the subject. Noshkeka. Um, nashak is the word for uh, to charge interest. That's one of the meanings. So this is uh, notice a participle plural masculine plural. Your creditors. So notice it's referring to all the people who got robbed wrongly as creditors now. They are owed money, and they're going to charge interest, so to speak. So will not your creditors rise up peta suddenly? All right. Ve'yiktu meza ze'eka. All right. The meza ze'eka, me, is from a root zua. Uh, which means to shake or to tremble. All right. Um, in, Samar- uh, in Aramaic, Samaritan Aramaic, the root means to um, call something to mind or to remind. So, uh, yikzu um, is the call imperfect from yakats to wake up, okay, or to rouse. Um, here, they will wake up. This is a call imperfect. And notice the yud of the root um, is not there. It's assimilated. Sometimes with those first yuds, remember, they don't, aren't, don't always show themselves. So that's the case here. They will wake up. That is, 
those shaking you or your, um, those reminding you. All right, so this is from Zua. Um, and just notice the reduplicated stem. That's why it looks so weird. All right, it's a polyl or something like that. All right, so again, the whole line, will not your creditors rise up suddenly um, and will your, those shaking you or will not those reminding you rise up or again, waken up, okay? Um, and you will become meshisot. You will become spoil. Notice the root with meshisot. It's from the root shin, samik, samik, okay? Um, shasas. And uh, it is parallel to shasa, um, shin, samik, hey, which is another word to spoil. Another word is parallel to is bazaz, to spoil. Another word, which you'll see in this text, shalal, to spoil. So you get four for the price of one in this Hebrew club, man. All right. So from shasas to shasa, from bazaz to shalal. All right, and there you got it. All the words for to plunder, to spoil, which is, of course, a big thing in the Old Testament. That's why they got a lot of words for it. <laughs> in English, we just have one or two because we don't go around plundering people. <laughs> All right, now notice Lamo. And maybe we do, yeah. Well, we'll I'm not going to go political on it, so, okay. We'll just keep it, keep it here. <laughs> notice Lamo. That's the third masculine plural suffix on Lamed uh, to them. All right, uh, they, you will become spoil to them, or their spoil. Now notice the mo ending, very uh, frequent in poetry and prophecy, um, often considered an archaic feature. All right, and so you would expect lahem instead. You get lamo. All right, and again you'll see it in Psalms, you'll see it in other poetic and prophetic texts. Okay, any questions through verse seven? Yeah, I don't know. See, again, is it the question is, is it a genuine archaic feature? Is it archaizing style? Most, uh, I tend to think that this is a kind of style that that poetry and prophetic discourse, there's, they have a freer use of archaic and dialectical features. All right? So that the, the you cannot always date the text. That's kind of the point that we haven't brought up here yet. Um, so it's a style of Hebrew. Um, as uh, compared with standard biblical Hebrew, where you see more standard forms. So in these kind of texts, you're going to see features like that. Okay? Um, good. Uh, verse 8. Kiata shalota goyim rabim yeshaluka kol yeter amim mid me adam vachamas aretz kirya vakol yoshveba. All right. Kiata, notice the pronoun ata before the verb second masculine singular verb shalota anyone see the root for shalota shalal good see there's the second word for plunder um, it's a call perfect second masculine singular from shalal shalota alright um, now notice the pronoun probably indicates a kind of you okay and then the key uh Again, a strong assertion focusing on the um, strongly affirming the truth of what he's saying. Certainly you spoiled, or you certainly spoiled. Um, 
Goyim Rabim, many nations. Yes, Shaluka, they will spoil you. Same root, Shalal. Here, this is an imperfect call. They will spoil you. Namely, Kol Yeter Amim, all the remainder of the people. So notice, we're assuming that this oracle is against Babylon. And it's talking, it's condemning Babylon for taking what is not his. He's saying now, your creditors are going to rise up against you. You spoiled many nations. All the rest of the people are going to spoil you. All right. Now, uh, the le- next line tells us why. Adam. Okay, notice deme is the plural of blood in the construct. So very woodenly, from the bloods of people. See? So it'd be something like um, because of you know crimes against man. But again, it's damim, because of the shedding of blood against man. See? Damim. And violence, chamas eretz. Violence of the land, violence against the land. Notice what I'm doing in both of those. And uh, this is a good thing to keep in mind when you see a construct form with a genitive. You want to ask yourself, what's the relationship between those two words? The relationship varies according to the context and the meaning of the word. See, so violence of the land doesn't mean the land is doing violence, but they have done violence to the land. All right. And now it goes on with the list. Violence against the land, city, Kirya, and all the inhabitants, Yoshve, in it. All right. So notice how this oracle goes. Woe to this particular class of people. Will your creditors not suddenly arise? All right. And you will become spoiled. Yes, you spoiled many nations. They will spoil you because of these crimes. All right. Good. Questions through verse 8. All right. Here's another. Yeah. Please, David. Kirya is a word for city. And again, it's not that, yeah, it's it's a synonym with ear, but uh, again, not that common, right? And again, a, a Aramaic tinge. All right. Verse 9. Hoi, bote betze ra ra. All right. Woe, botse, that's a call participle, and it means to gain something by violence, gain something unjustly. Woe to the one who gains betza. See, who, and betza is, again, unjust gain, something gotten violently. So woe to the one who gains betza, who gets an unjust profit by violence. See, botsea betza. Again, Habakkuk loves kind of word plays and stuff like that that we've seen. Um, Ra, evil to his house. Now, I want you guys to look at this because this is very interesting. The editors have put a space between betza and Ra, suggesting that Ra goes with um, leveto, right? And so um, I think like the uh, NASB translates it like that. Woe to the one who gains an unjust profit by violence, it will be evil to his house or to the detriment of his house or something like that. But notice the Masoretes, the pointing under Betza, Tifcha, and then Ra. Um, notice that the Tifcha is a conjunctive and then the accent under the Ra um, is a disjunctive. So it seems like the Masoretes wants you to read Ra as describing the Betza. I think that makes more sense given what we'll see in the next line. So it would be woe to the one who gains evil profit 
for his house, Leveto. All right, so rather than dividing the line between Betza and Ra, um, I think Ra should go with Betza. And the Masoretes seem to read it that way too. So here's an instance in which the editors of the text seem to go against the Masoretic pointing. All right. Um, and notice that if you just look at the footnote, they are suggesting that some, some words have dropped out and should probably insert Zorea, one who sows evil for his house. See, that's what they're suggesting, but there's no textual evidence for it. All right, so woe to the one who gains an evil profit for his house, Lasum, in order to set Bamarom on high, Kino, his nest. This is from Cain, his, his nest. So he gains evil for his house for the purpose of setting on high his nest, nest namely being a figure for his property his possessions, all right? Lehinatzel, in order to deliver himself. Okay, what's the conjugation of hinatzel? Nifal, good. It's a nifal infinitive. To deliver himself, or in order to be delivered, if you want to translate passive, mikaf, from the hand of trouble or misfortune. In other words, notice what he does. He, he gets his riches unjustly, then he builds kind of a fortress for himself, thinking that he can be safe from evil, from Ra, from misfortune. All right? Now, notice that here's the turn in verse 10. Ya'atza boshet leveteka. You have plotted boshet, shame, for your house. See, you think you're safe, but you've really plotted shame for your house. Ketzoramim rabim. Katza means to cut. This is uh, an infinitive construct. Um, by cutting or in cutting many people, uh, uh, this is kind of very woodenly, that's a parsable from, uh, from kata to sin, and sinning against yourself. Okay? So notice, I would translate this as in um, correspondence to the Ketzot phrase. So in cutting many people, you're sinning against yourself. See, so I'd make those corresponding to each other in contrast. So you have counseled shame against your house in cutting many people off, um, but really you're sinning against yourself. Does that make sense? All right, so it's to your own detriment. Good, any questions through 10? This is the hardest part of the book, by the way, so... Getting good practice, yeah. Ki Evan Mikir, here's a pretty famous line. Tizak, the kafis me'etz ya'anenna. Surely a stone from a wall. Kir is wall. Surely stone from a wall, Tizak, will cry out. And kafis, that's a rafter or a beam. And a beam from the eights, from the wood, and they're thinking about the wood of a house. Um, Ya'anenna will answer him. Can anyone see the root of Ya'anenna? From Anna, what's the dogish doing in that nun? Anyone knows? There's a standard answer for this. Nope. It's, it's an energic nun. Enna. You'll see these, especially in pause. Um, and then you have the third feminine singular suffix. He will, and the rafter from the wood will answer him, namely the stone. 
Okay. So again, certainly a st stone from the wall will cry out and rafter from the wood and, and a beam from the wood will answer him. Will answer it, namely the stone. Okay, well, what the heck does that mean? All right. Here's probably what it means. I had to look this up too because I was curious. It's suggesting that, um, you know, when you build a building architecturally sound, everything fits together and has its place. But if you don't, then the stone and the wood are kind of working against each other and the building's more liable to collapse. And so it's comparing the uh, Babylonians who think they're safe in their building to this kind of unsafe building so that the wood and the raft the wood and the stone are not working together but they're working apart from each other all right so it's kind of this disunity even though everything looks like it's going to be safe that's that's I, I think that's a, a good explanation for what Habakkuk is trying to say here to Babylon does that make sense that's kind of a very uh, interesting line that way Good. Any questions through verse 11 about anything? All right. Good. Verse 12. Here's another hoy. Hoy, bona'ir bedamim vekonem kir ba'avla. Woe to the one who builds, participle, a city bedamim with bloodshed. Notice the plural of blood. Woe to the one who builds a city with bloodshed and konein, so the root is from kun, polel, and one who establishes a city with avla. With again um, perversity, avla is um, yeah perversity, uh, evil doing that kind of thing. So what are the one who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a city through or by means of perversity? Okay, here's another uh, rhetorical question like we saw in the previous oracle. Halohine, this is kind of an interesting word order. Halohine. May eight Yahweh Zevaot. Okay, now notice how Hine functions to indicate what follows is kind of surprising or unexpected. Alright. And hello is a question, is not. Is not look from the Lord of hosts. See, is it not Hine from the Lord of hosts? So so it's kind of surprising, you know, comprehend. Look at look. It's from the Lord of hosts. Okay? And now, does it, is, is this line referring to what just was before or what follows or maybe both? See, it's kind of a bridge here. Okay? Ve'yigu amim Uh And ve'yaga. This is a call imperfect, first yud. Uh, and they labor, namely people labor or toil bedei, for enough fire. That's bait plus the word dai, which means sufficiency, and it's in construct. So people labor for enough fire, and let umim, and again, uh, synonym for amim, and people for, <coughs> for what is nothing, for sufficiency of nothing, ya'afu, <coughs> they grow faint, they grow weary. This is a call imperfect from ya'af. Okay? So notice if you take it from verse 12, woe to the one who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a city with perversity. Look, I mean, is this not from the Lord of hosts? Um, as a result, people toil just for enough fire. See? And people grow weary for what is empty, for 
for what is in vain finally. All right, so that's the curse that's coming upon them. Does that make sense? Okay, any questions through 13 about any of the forms or anything? <clears throat> yeah, and, and we saw this actually in Isaiah 40, these two words, yaga and yaaf. Um, God promises Israel that they will not grow weary, they will not grow faint. It's using those two words in Isaiah 40, verses uh, 27 through 31. Um, it, it kind of plays with these words the same way. So they tend to occur together, the growing weary and the fainting, the toiling. Okay. Now, ki timalei ha'aretz ladat et kevod Yahweh kamaim yekasu al yam. For the earth will be filled Lada'a, with the knowledge, this is a call infinitive construct from Yada, with, the, with knowing or with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters, Yekasu, cover. Okay? PL imperfect from Kasa, as waters cover Al Yam, cover over the sea. So certainly the earth will be filled with Lada'at, um, knowing the glory of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea. This is actually a kind of a quote from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9. If you just want to turn there very quickly, you can just keep your finger on Habakkuk and turn to Isaiah chapter 11. We'll stop uh, after we look at this one. You'll be able to see <clears throat> uh, this is at the end of a pretty famous passage. Remember, we always read this uh, during the Advent and Christmas season. Chapter Isaiah 11, verse 9. Lo yareu. Everybody there? They will not hurt, ra'ah. Velo yashkitu. And they will not destroy. Bekol har kodshi. On all my holy mountain. Now here's the line. Ki mala Certainly the earth will be full of dea, of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters to the sea mekasim, cover. See, so notice that we do have kind of a transformation. For example, mala here is kal. And in our passage, it's nifal. And instead of the dea, you have da'at. And you have the kavod Yahweh added in ours. Um, let instead of al here. And uh, the participle instead of the finite verb. But notice you can see the same idea in the two places. And indeed, that key may be indicating that he's wants us to think of that Isaiah 11 passage, that he's echoing that passage. So notice that uh, in all his treatment of the uh, nations, especially Babylon and what they have done, the bottom line is that Yahweh, is his, his glory is going to fill the earth See, <clears throat> through the way that uh, he um, brings justice, uh, especially against uh, to Israel against these other people. All right? Very good. Uh, any questions? <clears throat> that brings us to one more oracle that <clears throat> we'll be able to finish up next week. And then we get to Habakkuk's prayer. All right, so notice that the way these oracles are going, it's kind of a very humbling thing that we're hearing as God uh, tells Habakkuk uh, what is going to happen in judgment to those who resist Israel. All right. Good. Thanks a lot. See you guys next week. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.